Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. extra special bonus episode of musicals with cheese today as we do every year usually a little earlier but i'm glad we're doing it now um we have a countdown of the previous year's uh best episodes but it would be really really dumb if me and andrew or liz kind of did that we'd be objective we just remember the process of recording it thankfully the wonderful and incredible Juliet Antonio, our own keeper of the cheese, has been keeping track, listening to episodes, and is the best authority on what the best episodes of 2023 were. <laughs> and with all oh the wonder in the world, Juliet, I am passing the ball to you. This is your show now. Um, what <laughs> what do we have in store? All right. Hi, everybody. For those who don't know me, if somehow this is your first episode, then interesting choice, but let me give you the lowdown. <laughs> I'm Juliet. I'm the keeper of the cheese. One day, Jess said it would be hilarious if somebody created a spreadsheet of the cheese ratings. So I made one, and I've been doing this since episode one. And how this works is I go through every single year, picked uh, the top 10 episodes for that year, and then I assign the top 10 cheese ratings of that year for Jess and Andrew, for the guests, and I'm also doing one for Liz. Liz's is going to be a bit different because I'm going to give you a cumulative cheese rating since the first time I reviewed uh, the top 10 episodes, I gave Justin Andrew cumulative ratings as well. So I feel like that would only be fair. Okay. Yep. So everything that we are covering for 2023 is basically everything from A Star is Born up until uh, just before Tar. I think the last one was uh, Grandma Got Run Over by All of the Other Reindeer. Yes. So, as I always... <laughs> Beautiful. What a fanfic. Oh, no, Liz, don't, don't bird that into existence. Moving right past that. Um, so, as I always do, I'm going to start around with everybody and say, what episodes do you think are going to be on the top Ooh. list? Who wants to go first? Um, Andrew, why don't you go first? Because I'm curious if you remember any episodes from last year. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 I I I have a notoriously bad memory, so I I, I really don't. <laughs> in a certain way, every musical is your first. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, Let's see. Let me let me let me see if I could just pull up our list of episodes and and see if there's something that sticks out to me. I can send you the wonderful cheese rating spreadsheet that Juliet has put together mistakenly for the last like three years now. You've been doing this. It's only the reason why I'm here. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah. This was this was the year we did all the uh, Phantom stuff, right? Yeah, we did all the Phantom Correct. stuff. We also yes. did the Matilda musical, I think, and Dreamgirls. Movie? Dream Girls. Yes. yes, and Dream Girls was Bree's last episode. Um, all right, yeah. all right. Um, and when you started taking over editing. Okay, best episodes. 
uh, the frogs, um, something from Phantom Month, uh, and I don't know what else. Those those are my predictions. Okay, all right. <laughs> my big prediction. Yes. I'll, I'll go next. My big prediction is Brigadoon's got to be on there. In the moment, I knew magic was being made while recording that episode, and it's still probably one of my favorite tangents and some of my favorite pieces of Andrew's editing ever. So, I, yeah, I, I, my, that is the big one where I'm like, that has to be on there, right? I made a Brigadoon joke with my friends. None of them got the reference, but everyone in your server did, so I was so grateful. <laughs> the Patreon and... server, join it. Join it. Yes, please join the Patreon server. It's, it is it is really really fun. I can I can I can attest to that. Uh, Liz, what is your prediction? Do you think? Uh, I, I came in late, so I had to like dig through the episodes mm-hmm. a bit. Um, I I agree with Jess. Definitely Brigadoon. I felt the magic happening when we kept talking about Columbo, and I wasn't annoyed. Um, <laughs> I remember and... listening to that episode and being like, "Man, Liz is great. Everything is great in this episode." <laughs> And I guess I'm also going to, this is recency bias. I'm going to eight crazy nights just because we all kind of went insane <laughs> collectively. Oh, that, um, that episode I'm going to guess those two. Okay. Great choices. All right. All right what's, okay. what, let's get into it. I want to know. Number yeah, 10. Oh, I want to know. I want to know. Okay. Can you show me? All yes. right. Uh, sorry, Ethan. <laughs> All right, so something's going on with my mouse. Hold on one second. Okay, so I've got it. All right, can everybody still hear me? Yes. Yep. Can you hear us? All right, so so for number 10, we have episode 252, The Fantastics. So Monica, uh, I will admit my bias. This was one I where I wanted you guys to be serious and not shit on or even uh, use too much humor. I think I'm just protective of the show and how the music makes me feel. But I think there was one inclusion that made this episode work, and that was patron Monica Throw. She has the optometrist precision with her thoughts on this show. And Andrew and Jess, it kind of made you guys be on your best behavior. Although the most hilarious part was Andrew creating the visual of El Gallo with flaming hot Cheetos. I was <laughs> laughing my ass off in the car. That was humor and good taste. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I, I don't do it often, but sometimes I have good taste. <laughs> I, I love that episode because it is one of the more requested ones. I didn't have that deep familiarity and love for it that I know a lot of folks do. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was very grateful for Monica there. And she's just a, a peach of a human being. And getting to know them uh, was a good good time. And I got to learn about the proper ways to get my eyes checked um, during their time. Okay. As our, um, yeah, uh, Monica's great. Um, go listen to that episode. I, I forgot we did that one. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, what's next, Juliet? Okay. So, number nine, we have episode 250, Newsies. Hell one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one we all knew was inevitably coming. Yes. So, there are three shows that everybody was waiting for you to cover. Uh, wait, not, um, not three, for, pardon me. Uh, oh, no, no, it was three. Sorry, I misread that sentence. So there were three shows everybody was waiting for you to cover. Newsies, another one that's going to be featured on this list, and six. And Jess, I'm going to make an observation, two, in fact. Okay, you said you put off Newsies because you didn't know how to talk about it. Yes. I think you underestimate yourself 
because you weren't a fan, you realize, okay, I still have to make this a good episode after so many people had been waiting for it. So you dug deep down to the bottom of your soul like Diana did in the chorus line and made an effort to explain why this wasn't exactly for you. And Andrew was your perfect foil. However, <laughs> this episode also gives me a second observation as to the infamous Jess hates dancing theory. <laughs> Jess, Jess does hate dancing. I don't hate dancing. dancing. I don't okay. like this. Well, here's the thing. As the person who has listened to every single episode, here is the truth to this statement. Here is the axiom. Jess hates dancing unless it is Bob Fosse choreography shot for film. Because you <laughs> like the dancing in Sweet Charity, you like Chicago, and all that jazz is one of your favorite movies. So you don't totally hate it, you just need it fossied up with all the appropriate angles. Oh, um, I hope I don't contradict that in our damn Yankees episode we just did. You don't. You, don't. you, <laughs> you literally say you that don't. dancing cool. is good when Perfect. it's the Bob Fosse choreography. You said Bob Fosse likes <laughs> dancing, you like it. Yep. <laughs> all right, I am right. anything if not consistent. Now it's out there. Now everybody knows and everybody can stop talking about it. It's okay, Jess, you're safe. We'll Thank never you. stop talking about they, it. Yeah. <laughs> you're just confirming what we all said. He hates dancing. Yeah, Andrew and I will continue to bring it up. <laughs> he hates dancing asterisk. Yeah, except Bob Fosse when it's shot on film. That's yep. a tiny asterisk. That's a very small asterisk. <laughs> stop the talking about my asterisk. It's so fucking dressing. small. You can't even see it. Yeah, it's a little small. <laughs> Um, I was worried about that episode, but I'm glad. Like, you're a fan of Newsies. That you really enjoyed it. I'm not a fan of Newsies, actually. I thought, what? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's fine. You know, okay. it's not my favorite musical of all time, but it's like you know, if somebody had it on the streaming or when I went to go see it and I got a free ticket, I was like, well, it was worth the free ticket. Mm -hmm. You know. Fair okay. enough. Fair. Now for number eight, episode two hundred and seventy. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Oh, really? that's a that's a shock. <laughs> I feel like form can get forgotten in the Sondheim pantheon, just because it's the one that seems least like him. Even though you listen to the wordplay and you can identify it's him almost instantly. And there was a great explanation about hummable songs, uh, plus the conspiracy theory about how this is connected to the frogs like six degrees of Kevin <laughs> was a revelation, and. I had been looking forward to you guys covering this because as a musical farce, I figured it'd be right up your alley. And you were able to list the pros and cons of the movie in a fair and balanced way. The most hilarious part was when <laughs> you you guys added this to your Sondheim ranking tier list and Jess, you say to Andrew, you pick what you want, I don't care. And then fast forward <laughs> five seconds later to Andrew, you're putting that above this? What? It's, I, I, okay, put it where you want, I don't care, but also, what the fuck, man? He just we're hates get that I have that. good taste. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that a, a little bit later, but to wrap up Forum, it was fun to hear you guys talk about this and what came out of an intense back and forth between Sondheim and George Abbott and Jerome Robbins that led to Forum being the way it is. Maybe that's the real reason Sondheim related to Surratt. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. Oh my gosh! I, I, I love I love these so much, Juliet. I'm just 
I'm on the edge of my seat wondering what the next one is. Uh, you never know. So. Where I'm, gonna go. I'm excited. I, I was on, I was on that episode. Now I'm in, now I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, how did you feel? I remember you thought that that show was super sexist. I don't remember. If any... Um, I've reflected on it. It's stupid. I was I was mad only because when I hear sexism initially, I'm like I hate this, and then I think about the context of the sexism. Like, nah, he's not he's not a sexist. He's just being doing a parody musical. Like, just chill. <laughs> like. I also just have fun like, with it. Oh yeah. I also feel like everyone forgets Buster Keaton is in that movie. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. One of his last roles. He he's yeah. barely a presence and it feels kind of sad seeing him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Okay, episode 271, The Book Thief featuring Lady Knight the Brave. Really? Oh, yes. <laughs> what? My reaction was when I first heard when I saw the title on my phone, I was like they made this a musical? Um, only the West End. So Lady Night the Brave was the perfect guest to have, uh, going into detail about the visual medium of theater versus film versus the original novel and what can get lost in translation between each one, especially in the Gentile Savior narrative when visual elements just don't work, such as the boxing puppets. And you guys both listened. It was one of the more constructive conversations about West End theater you guys have had on the show, which is why it's on here. But West End theater is pretty dumb sometimes. Oh no, West End theater is very dumb. It's like there's European theater with France and with Germany, and then there's West End theater <laughs> with David Hasselhoff. Yeah, go, go see a play. Go see a play. Go see a play. <laughs> yeah, um, this is a shock. Um, just because that night I just felt so tired, and we all were kind of burnt out. It was getting close to like, like the November. October time so we're just all so fucking exhausted so I'm glad that turned into constructive conversation good I, I couldn't tell that you guys are burnt out honestly you guys you guys troop through it really really well yeah. we are perfect the first thing I said about that show was it's mid and then Jess cracked completely like <laughs> it's mid and then Jess laughed his ass off. Ah, there's the wheeze. Yeah, it's that been happened. a while. It's been a while. Um, all right, Julia, what's next? What number are we on? All right, let me count. Is this Ten, five? Nine, eight, seven, six. All right, six. Okay. So for number six, we have episode two hundred and thirty-seven. You're a good man, Charlie Brown, featuring Big Beak Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Oh my heart! I love this episode. This this one Every- got went to some weird places. I think. Yes. Oh yeah. Every now and then, a guest comes on the show who fits in perfectly with the musicals with cheese, humor, and world, and Big Beak is one of them. The humor that the three of you had together with your rapport worked really well, and you guys dove into what makes Peanuts unique. What works about this musical and what doesn't, and the really interesting casting. We all knew Kristen Chenoweth, but Anthony Rapp? Wow. It's another odd mark in Peanuts history and in musical theater history, but... I feel like what also really helped with this one, Jess, was the interview you had done with Andrew Leppa years and years ago because it gave some context for this episode. And it was also another one where Andrew's editing skills really shine as Big Beak pretended to be Doug Walker and the Channel Awesome theme played in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and Big Beak just rolled with it. It was mwah, perfect. I feel like in that episode, didn't I, every single time someone mentioned his name, I think I played it again. Yes, it was <laughs> fucking yeah. hilarious. Um, I. I love it. 
And yes, I, I'm so glad this made the list. And B, Big Beak was someone I had wanted. Literally, I was like just salivating at the idea of having him on for like months and months, but too nervous to send out the email. And then when I did, like I, I knew like, oh yeah, you'd fit in perfect here. What was I thinking? Absolutely. Um, and then School of Rock was also just as chaotic for different reasons. Um, <laughs> but let's move on. Okay. So, all right. Number five. Episode 234, Andrew, you are correct, The Frogs. Hey! Hey! It finally happened. Andrew was foaming at the mouth and chomping at the bit to cover the frogs. Just as words were, and I quote, you're selling me on a show I know is bad. Stop it. <laughs> and lo and behold, Jess was wrong. It, listen, is The Frogs perfect? No. But this episode showed don't necessarily believe the rumors or the hype. The best way to find out is to see the show for yourself or to listen to the cast album yourself. It's another Sondheim work that gets swept under the rug, but in a different way from forum. Andrew had his finger on the pulse quicker than most hardcore theater fans ever had or ever will have. Yes, I said it. Come at me. I don't care. And Andrew, I admire you for sticking to your guns by saying how much you preferred the frogs as a whole over forum with some of the elements of that show. And this shows Jess's point that even if Jess gets bought out, Andrew never can. <laughs> and your insistence on covering this show made for a perfect episode. Uh, you know, the only reason I wanted to cover it was because it was called The Frogs. And then when Jess was like, no, it's bad. It's about it's about Dionysus. I was like, wait, I want to cover it more now. <laughs> and it's in a swimming pool. <laughs> Chaos. The swimming Love pool that. recordings were hard to find and horrendous. Yes. Um, oh, so I, I will say yeah. that. <laughs> but Meryl Streep is one of the the ensemble members in that swimming pool production. Amazing. Shit. Amazing. Um. Yeah. The frogs. I. That is secretly one of my favorite song times now. So yes, I was wrong. <laughs> hey, there you go. I wonder if Meryl was sent on her resume. That would be interesting to know. I think she brought that up. Like she brings it up quite a bit because oh, yeah. that's where she met Sondheim and how they had a relationship um, when oh. Into the Woods came about. Oh, well, now you know. Okay, so number four. Number four is episode two hundred and fifty-four. Trouble in Tahiti. <gasps> I forgot oh, we did man. that. <laughs> You're noticing a pattern here where some of your best episodes are one where you discuss composers' lesser-known works. Mm -hmm. And I think the only Bernstein musical you've covered so far is West Side Story, along with his reference, a reference to his Peter Pan in your Peter Pan episode. And it was fascinating to hear the context of the story, especially when the Fablements had come out around the same time. There's also another pattern I've noticed where the opera episodes of musicals with cheese are some of the bests. And you guys aren't snoots about it. It's clear opera isn't your, you know, your normal cup of tea every day, but you don't go shitting on it just because it's like, you know, highbrow classical music. <laughs> Interesting that I'm saying that after you guys just talked about Tar today. Um, but also, <laughs> plus, Jess's story about seeing the show was the cherry on top. <laughs> what, what Remind me of what it was. <laughs> I don't remember. All I know is it was funny. I, I remember you gotta listen to the episode. It. It's a teaser. Yeah, listen to the episode. Find out no, the story. Listen to the episode. Yeah, yeah. You listen to the episode. You'll never find out here. <laughs> We're not going to give it away. Oh yes, we yes. have very good memories here. Yes, mm -hmm. um, I'm so grateful for you, Juliet. I, I I'm I'm glad you loved that episode because that was very <laughs> personal show to me. I listened to it a lot, um, mm -hmm. and I picked out every every playing of Trouble in Tahiti in Maestro, and they play it a good amount. Oh wow! Really. Yeah, because 
when they cut to just him existing on life, it's just like zooby doo wop wop, whatever that song is. <laughs> okay, um, that's good. Yeah, um, Andrew, anything? Uh, I remember liking this show and thinking <laughs> it was a weird thing to cover, but I think we need to do more opera. Yeah, I try to squeeze it in every now and then. Um, yes. All right, Julia, what's next? All right, number three, episode 232, The Music Man Revival. Yes. Good one. Let me take you back to when this was announced on theater Twitter. The rage. The rage. A mezzo taking a classic soprano role in a world where sopranos are an endangered species and will soon be locked in a room screaming glitter and be gay. A man who snuggles up with fascists for a lead and an abusive producer who killed Beetlejuice. The lackluster reviews were delicious. Andrew and Jess, you could have easily just done a nostalgic critic-esque rant about everything that was appallingly wrong about this production, and we would have been cheering, to be honest. But instead, you took the more critical road, and we have a better episode for it. You went into detail about why this was a slap in the face to the original. I'm not even a fan of the original, and I was offended on Meredith Wilson's behalf. It also had some iconic musicals with cheese moments, such as Andrew editing in Band Geeks from Spongebob to show why Robert Preston could do donuts around Hugh any day, and also sparking the brilliant idea of a gender-bent revival, which led to incredible fan art by, I believe, Captain Rodtastic, an incredible episode. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I love this episode so much. That was one of my best edits, I think. The, the yes, I agree. I, I think I sent that to Jess and said I'll never talk. this. You did. This. You literally did. <laughs> I think I was like one of like your first like five edits. Like it was very yeah. early on in your run. I still don't like, think I've topped it though. That's that's one of my best edits. I don't know the Brigadoon Dune Columbo edit. Um, okay, that was that one's pretty good too. Sometimes yeah. you just have material that just lends itself to something, and then other times Sometimes I'm just memes. like, I got nothing here. Um, <laughs> I think Jess told me a while ago that he for a video he wanted me to make a video out of the Music Man episode, and I never got working on that. So if you're interested in that. Yeah, hit Liz Estin up on Let Twitter. Let us know. Now that it's number three in the top ten. Yeah. We might. Um, yeah, but we got two more to go, and I, I could shit on Hugh Jackman all night, truly. So um, could I. Um, I can pretend to laugh, too, um, but let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> number two, episode 259, The Pee Wee Herman Show. <gasps> I, okay, let's go. <laughs> The timing of this one was everything, given how soon it came out after Paul Rubin's passing. If you had covered it at any other time in the show's history, then it wouldn't have done as well because of the emotional impact it would have been lost. And we have the juxtaposition of the two of you perfectly. Jess is the childhood fan with nostalgia, and Andrew is rediscovering Pee Wee Herman and learning about the franchise and the man. This is also a good episode because we get to see Jess embrace your inner child and be genuinely happy, even when screaming after the secret word of the day. This is also because it was cheese and it was like, oh, God, I know when they say keeper the cheese, he's going to scream. And it's like, oh, I would rather you do ASMR for my name every single day. Anyway, 
This is Sorry. also another episode where we get a pretty good and thorough timeline as we track Paul Rubens' career. And it also cleared up a lot of the scandal surrounding Paul Rubens for me as well. I'm grateful. I love that episode. And I, I knew I, that was like one of the ones where it's like, I know it's not a musical, but I, I, my soul needs this more than like, actually, mm-hmm. I think this belongs on the show. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I really am. Yeah, you did. I, I thought that was a very good episode when we recorded it. So mm-hmm. I'm glad it's on here. I think we <laughs> paired it with ride, which is a much less good episode. Cause I committed to the bit in a different way. Um, <laughs> I, I think that that episode is interesting just because you are actually riding a bike the entire fucking time. <laughs> that was a risk. I don't think that one paid off. How'd your well. body feel the next day? Oh, it felt fine. I do. Oh, that. Uh, how about how, top, top one worst episodes. Was it that? <laughs> <laughs> I would be interested in what the worst episode of the year is. Um, this is quite a few. Oh yeah, there's like a tie for fifty. Um, <laughs> not what I meant. I will say I forgot to say this in the opening when Jess said, "Hey, can you put together a list for 2023?" I said, "Yeah," and I texted him, "This is the quickest I've ever done a list," and he's like, "Why were all the episodes that bad this year?" <laughs> and I forgot to tell him, "No, it was because I was actually marking it in the spreadsheet as I went along this year, so that's why it took a quick time to put together, not because of quality." Garbage emoji. <laughs> smart garbage um, respect on that name <laughs> all right juliet we we built up what is our number one episode of 2023 okay let me first of all say i don't think you'll ever do an episode like this again oh um but we'll we'll get into it when i reveal it number one of 2023 is episode 230 a star is born oh, all fair. of them okay this the moment I first so heard this episode, long to edit. I'm sorry. No, 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 it was worth it because the minute I first heard this episode, I knew it would be number one of the year because what a behemoth! The two of you watched all four films and were able to weave together a chronological narrative about the history of the Star Is Born franchise, and that included tiny details such as how the name of the male lead evolved over the years. I was thoroughly impressed. The research paid off. And I think given this film's place in film history and the pop culture zeitgeist, you had to do it justice. Then, as I said, I don't think you'll ever come close to doing an episode that's about more than one version of the same musical. I mean, the only one I can think of is Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, but that's about it. And because oh, that would this be was, exhausting. <laughs> yeah, and because this was a truly once-in-a-blue-moon episode that you pulled off so well, I gave this the number one for the year understandable i love this episode too um i knew it was behemoth at the time i i think i think because that i paired it with anastasia which andrew and i saw months ago so Mm -hmm. i just knew that we had the time and i was gonna take advantage of that um yeah i love that episode i remember all the cramming all the research that that one was another one my soul needed i'm pretty sure i had to and i didn't have to i guess but there's a part near the end where we talk about each version and i edit in like them saying kind of the same line from each version version Mm -hmm. that took me so long to find the line in each version and then edit it into every single section um so yeah the editing on that one was uh that took me probably six hours yes and i do (laughs) want to say andrew that is the third episode of musicals of cheese you ever edited yeah so you you gave me a tough one right away. <laughs> and you set up your own st- – like, you kind of did your own thing for Blue's Clues and Little Mermaid. But Star is mm-hmm. Born is really where your Andrew DeWolf style came to be, I think. Mm-hmm. 
and the show got a lot more memey and quippy. <laughs> Which I um, personally love. It depends. I was about I to say. Like, I have yeah. two different styles. I feel like if our if our episode's more informative or we have a guest, I kind of let it rock. Um, but then there's other episodes where we go off off the rails, and so I, I bring the editing off the rails for those two. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right. So were there any big honorable mentions on there for you? Not at that point. I mean, I think any honorable mentions that I had, I ended up taking off the list just so I could focus on the top ten. So if there are, and if I've forgotten them, I'm sorry. But I will say, um, and I always say this every year, if you are a guest and your episode was not featured this year, this is nothing against the guests. All the guests in 2023 were wonderful, and I loved all the people that you had on this year. You know what? I think they're terrible. Never invited on again. Didn't make the top ten. You're gone. Big Peak alone. You're the only one that's coming back. (laughs) Oh, not after the last episode. I'm kidding. Well, the Five Timers Club was good while it lasted. Yep. Uh, Fuck you, Sideways. You're gone. Big Peak. What was was wrong with School of Rock? I thought that was a great episode. It's the the, mostly the hour that no one else heard. Oh yeah, that School was the Rock. best hour of the episode. I know, right? It was and you had to cut it out. You but had to cut it out. There was literally no other option. We can't. We couldn't release. <laughs> we that. could not release that. But my God, was it some of the funniest things on this podcast? Hour in my life. The School of Rock episode is why you should become a patron. That is. That's it literally the main is. Reason. Yeah. Join the Patreon, and you will get to hear all of that in its unfiltered glory. I think it's a difference between like an hour and five minute podcast and a two hour podcast. It was, like yeah, it, it is. went two hours. I cut so um, much out of that, and and I felt bad about it because I was like, "This is the funniest part of the whole episode," mm-hmm. but like, it couldn't stay. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Juliet, that is a wonderful list. I understand every one of them, and I'm so grateful that you listened to every Thanks. one of our episodes. When we started this, we didn't dream that like three people would listen to this, and if they did, they only listened to one episode. And you've listened to every one, and that exactly. is so wonderful. And since I you so were in video format. Oh God! Since oh, episode God. zero, oh, I would no, no, Jess. You know how far back this goes? I was listening to you when I was in middle school, and you were XX Jess World XX. I have, I have been there for years. It, that's cringe. I'm sorry you experienced cringe. It was until just the first school. time I like I met him. He was like, "That's his exact response." You that's- know, I was in those videos. Kind yeah, of. he was. Andrew was. No one remembers that, but you were. I was in them. Huh, that's interesting. Okay. No one will ever see. They're all gone. They're, they're all the gone. The oh, yeah, they're all gone. No, nobody, nobody go looking for them. But yeah. I, I was Jeff. <laughs> the stormtrooper. Oh, okay. Um, don't yeah, don't yeah. go looking for them. Um, um, we ready for cheese? I'm ready for cheese. Get us off this topic. <laughs> all right. So we're going to do Jess, Andrew, Guess, and Liz. Okay. Jess, your best cheese rating of the year was from The Book Thief, where you gave the show The Stinky Cheese Man and Other Tales because it was cheese <laughs> and you had actually stolen the book. Yep, that 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 tracks. Um, out of context, that would be a really offensive thing, but I'm glad you put that back in its context. Exactly, of course. Andrew. Oh, boy. Your top cheese rating for the year was, I already referenced it, Cheetos Fantastic's Flaming Hot from The Music Man. <laughs> It was perfect. It was from the Fantastics, wasn't it? Yep, exactly. Ah. And for the guests, the best cheese rating for the guests overall, uh, making this the second time they've been featured on this list in this capacity, is Brent Black 
oh. for Khan the musical with the green cheese the moon is made of. Brilliant. <clears throat> oh, Brent. We we gotta have him on again, but we don't have nine hours. Um <laughs> <laughs> Get him it's and funny, but in a it's room and watch everything explode. <laughs> um, that was and, lovely. And Liz. Oh, and Liz. Hi, and Liz. I'm here. For your cumulative cheese rating, I went all the way back. This technically isn't from 2023, but it made me laugh so hard. Your top cheese rating is from The Devil's Carnival and Alleluia, where you had a cheese platter, but it's communion wafers instead of crackers. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. I... <laughs> That That is absolutely wonderful. And I was raised Catholic. Those traumatized me. (laughs) They were always stale and tasted like cardboard. So everybody has been saying, oh, wow, I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one. So basically, I remember it so you don't have to. God damn. I'm so sorry. God forgive me for what I just said. <laughs> Meet your nostalgia chick. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> um, we've gotten to that point of the evening where we're just saying words. Juliet, you're one of the best people I've ever met. Truly, through this entire experience, you have been nothing so but a joy hard. to know as a human being. I am so grateful I get to say your name every week as the person that keeps track of this. You are amazing, and you are so talented. And promote your stuff for the world to find you. Okay, on Twitter, I am Juliet Thespiet. On Instagram, I am Aurora99. I have a show on YouTube called My Dad Listens to This, where Dad and I review albums in his music collection. We just wrapped up season five with those straight jackets, and we are starting season six with the irresistible Kathy Dennis. And if you've been listening for a while and wonder why Jess whispers my name at the end of every episode, it's because I write ASMR, roleplay, and romance and erotica for voice actors such as Date Audio, Darian Audio, Eastgate Audio, and Mr. Foxhound. I have been taking a break from writing those scripts because I'm currently doing the prom at East End Theater in Rhode Island, but I have some scripts from Mr. Fox that are going to be coming in their way down the pipeline, so you can definitely expect some romantic and spicy content in 2024. And that's all I got. Um, that is wonderful. I do have one final question, and then we'll wrap this on up. Shoot. Who did the best ASMR of the year? <laughs> Grace Aki. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> And there was one. There was one more person who also did it really, really well. I can't. I can't remember. But if I if I think of it, I'll let you know. But I yeah, think, wasn't it, it was it Laura Grace. Crone that you mentioned? Oh, Laura Crone like, does did yes. the best ASMR in the Discord. Grace and Laura. Yes, they're the yeah. top two. Like when I say, when I legitimately say they could have a career being ASMR voice actors, I'm not just saying that to flatter them. They literally sound like some of the actors I've had to work with before. So hey, if they ever want an extra paycheck, the internet's open. Heck yeah. The internet's open for all of us and all of our voices. Thank you so much again, Juliet. You are amazing. And thank you for listening. And hopefully we'll have some more fun things coming up this year. That'll make another top 10 list. Um, And sometime we got to do all out of all 300 episodes, a proper top 10. Um, Oh boy. (laughs) We'll see you next time guys. Bye-bye. Bye everybody.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 